You are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Engaging an exciting conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Every week on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Welcome everyone. You are listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T-Mac and I'm joined by Biscuit because Cookie Monster is still away. And yes, we've been talking about angels and demons and the spiritual realm and all this creepy stuff. But you know what? It's, it may be creepy, but it's so necessary for us to understand how the spiritual realm operates and our role in it, actually. All right. So following on from what we've been talking about the past two weeks about angels and demons and supernatural and things like that, we have the privilege of speaking to someone who's had... I don't know if you can say a taste of the supernatural in her own personal life. She has had an experience which I'll let her talk about a bit more. But we'd like to welcome Jenny into the studio. Hi, Jen. Hello, how are you? <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Sure, thank you. I understand you haven't really shared your story with that many people. No, um, I haven't because really I, I get so emotional, you yeah. know. It's four years down the line. Mm-hmm. But now I feel I'm a bit stronger to talk about it. So, yeah. to be quite frank, I think this couldn't have come at a better time. Oh, really? But let's just see how it goes. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so, I need a That's box divine. of tissues. I might actually have I can that. But I pray I don't break down. All right, Jenny. So, we'll let you take it away. Um, so, before we get into your story, we'd just like to know just who you are, what you're about. And yeah, just a little bit about yourself. Okay, all right. Well, I'm I'm a teacher by profession, mm-hmm. and I'm a mother of three, all boys. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> good, good to go that direction. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we always laugh with my friends, and I always say, you know what? I'm so blessed to have all boys. I'm going to um, launch a clothes label, and I'm going to call it HOB House of Boys. Ah, <laughs> and we'll just be doing strictly boys clothing and things like that. <laughs> So yes, I'm a mother of all boys, and um, but I have the privilege of um, looking after a little girl. I've adopted my oh, sister's fantastic. Yeah, um, daughter. Yeah. So now I, I have an idea of what it's like to have a girl, have a girl as, well, as well, kind of thing. Although it's, I believe you mean it's more difficult. Is it more difficult? <laughs> of course it's more difficult. <laughs> because with, we are simple. Yeah, with yeah. boys, when they We're say, easy. mom, I'm sick, you're like, okay, let's wait and see. But with girls, like, mom, I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's very hard. I'm like, oh, let's go to the hospital. Like, but no. with boys, yeah. 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 We only yeah. get man flu older. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yes, and I, I work with children. Mm-hmm. I love to work with children. I'm a teacher. Um, I've got a BA in health science and social services. Oh, nice. And I've got a diploma in education. Awesome. So, that's basically why I'm married mm-hmm. to a wonderful husband. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yes. sure he'll be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. So, Thank you for coming. Thank you. Like I said before, it is a rather, you know, it's your first time really sharing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll let you start from wherever you want to start from, wherever is the beginning for you of sure. your story and of what you went through. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, I had, um, like, when our first child came along, we were so happy. Initially, my husband thought it would be a girl, and um, he'd made up all sorts of names, you know, like, this is what I wanted to be called, ETC. Then it turns out it was a boy. Mm-hmm. So he had to play around with the name, and then he <laughs> came up with a version, which was boyish. 
So if you hear the name, you'll be like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so everywhere you go, depending on someone's background, they'll always, you know, come up with their own theories. Oh, oh I think this is an Irish name, oh, says one okay. person. And I'm like, no, this is a made-up name. You know? <laughs> so then, anyway, my husband just wanted, a, you know, one child. And um, so he was alone for a long time, mm. for about four years. And then I said, Lord, this cannot be. How can we have mm. one child? So yeah. every time I'm like, can you not have another child? It's like, ah, don't you have anything to talk about? Let's <laughs> talk about other things, you know, and you just brush it aside. Yeah. But then I, I prayed about it. And then we're blessed to have another um, boy five years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, oh, okay, I've got two boys. Great. And then it's like, and why can't you try for a third girl. baby? And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Is this really true? Is this really coming from you? Yeah. Considering you wanted one baby, now you want to go for baby number three mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, but anyway, um, we decided to try for a third child. He was actually hoping for a girl that much, yeah, I know. Sure okay. So, yes, um, initially it, it started from conception of this um, third child. I had a bit of co- uh, complication. But then with the first child, I had, um, he was born by C-section. And the same thing with the second child. Yeah. I had to go someplace out of the country for him to be born there because things were tough. Um, it was 2008 when he was born, the oh, second baby yeah. that mm. I prayed about. So we're looking back, I'm like, you know, at the the place where I would have had him born, they were asking for 120 US dollars only, you know, for everything, C-section, ETC. And I, I just didn't have the money, mm. you know. But then my sister decided, ah, why don't you just, you know, come across to South Africa and so that's where he was born. So looking back I'm like, ah, these boys, there's always some drama when they come, you know, into the world. <laughs> so but anyway, my friends, well wishers got together, they gave me a bit of money, sold their fuel coupons to mm-hmm. get me going. It was hectic days. It was horrible. Yeah. It was really horrible. And I remember queuing in the banks. It wasn't, you know, the kind of thing where you're like, Oh, this is a lady, let her go first. Mm-hmm. This is an expecting you had to queue. You know, yeah. so it was tough. So, but anyway, he came along. It was all good. We were happy. Then with the third child, um, there was real drama now, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So from conception, I had complications, but I really didn't know what was happening. I just thought, ah, maybe it's just one of those things. And having, you know, gone for baby number three, I knew it would be different from child to child, yeah. you know, from conception. So I thought, ah, maybe it's just one of those things. Yeah. So um, in, in that time... When I was expecting my little boy, the third one, I started having dreams, you know, where I would get a message that I was going to die, you know, and then I'd say, ah, how can this be? And I'd just brush it aside, you know, and then there would be a time when I would dream um, crossing you know, from one mountain to the other and the bridge was very narrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every time I looked down, it looked so scary, like I was going to topple over and fall. Yeah. So it was like, every time I went to sleep, there was a battle, Dude. you know, I would keep getting these messages. Yeah. And then my husband, because um, <coughs> I really didn't know I was expecting at that time, oh. he says to me, suddenly there was a change of mind let it not be anything else you know i don't want another child and then i thought ah. but i thought we would agreed that yeah, we were going to go for another one. child <laughs> yeah so yeah. from nowhere he became arc enemy number one he just mm-hmm. didn't like me at all he it was horrible he would shout at me his relatives would come to my house little things would happen and i was always the wrong one 
Yeah. You know, so when I went to see my doctor, I really believed in my doctor, you know, and I told her this, this was the, the, the issue the I was expecting, the yeah. situation. But I've got a heart condition. Mm-hmm. Or maybe let me say had a heart condition. Okay. So then she says to me, why is it that you went for baby number three without consulting? And I say to her, ah, you know, you were not in the country because you went, uh, you know, Botswana. Yeah. So really we couldn't wait. So she says, oh, well, let's try and monitor and see how it goes. So I had to go to the doctor regularly to get monitored and things like that. So what was happening is that um, when I was in the third trimester, when you're getting closer to the ninth month, because, hey, when you're expecting, they divide the, the yes. months into yes. three little bits, first yes. semester, second trimester. Did I say semester? Yes. Trimester. <laughs> third <the> trimester. <laughs> yeah, it shows you. <laughs> yeah, going yeah. to school is like having a kid, though. It yeah, is. you're right. <laughs> so she says the baby is actually head up. It should be head down yeah. by now. So, but things like that happen. Mm-hmm. So let's wait and see, you know. So I had to keep going to the doctor like more regularly than ever before. And she just says to me, things are not changing. So what we'll have to ask you to do is to take, you know, rest. So you, you need to stay at home. But then the kind of work that I do and where I work is so demanding. And yeah. believe you me, in the economic climate that we're in you need to rope in every little cent Mm. so i feared if i stayed at home for a long time then you know there'd come a point where network they'd be like you know what you're not useful to us so we might as well release you for health reasons so i had to push you know i had to push on like that but it was really tough so at this point in time, I to be honest with you, I don't know what was happening. Everybody who was close to me just became so hostile to me. Mm-hmm. They just became so distant. No one liked me. And mm-hmm. my immediate boss boss would come. I, imagine they're jumping the line manager and they're coming straight to you and they're saying, we've never had someone so useless You're... in this organization. Oh, my goodness. And then I, looking back, I'm like... What is it that I've done wrong? Um, at that point, I'd served for like 11 years. Oh my gosh. And then I'm saying, really, if I was that bad, I wouldn't have lasted for this long, years, yeah. you know. But then it used to hurt so badly. Of course. It used to hurt so badly. And then I'd say, Lord, what's wrong? What's going on? Mm. You know? Then I would keep getting these dreams. You're going yeah. to die. And the one horrible dream that I had is um, my mom and dad are late. So it's my el- it's me. I'm I'm now the eldest. I had an elder sister, but she's also late. There've been a lot of deaths in the family. Mm-hmm. Um so I've got three siblings who are younger than me. So in this dream, um they took me to a place where like on a in a helicopter. They took me to this lovely place, nice green lawn and what have you just like a a forest of some sort. Yeah. You know, and so they were like, Jenny, we're leaving you here. Mm. And then I'm like, how can you guys leave me here? Can't you see this is a forest? Mm. You can't mm-hmm. leave me here. And they're like, yeah, this is your new home. We are going. Wow. You know, and so they got onto the helicopter and off they went. So as they were flying off, I was like, guys, you can't leave me here. And they were like, bye, we're going. And off they went. You know, so it really, when a I, dream. it was I when I woke up, I was like, oh. What's going on? My siblings even are leaving me, mm. you know, in a forest. Yeah. They're leaving me alone by myself. by myself. So, but anyway, my doctor had said bed rest. 
kind of thing. And yeah. so this was my husband. You know what? The doctor is saying bed rest and the school run. I'm not going to help you. You oh. have to, yeah, you have to make a plan. You have to make it work. So then I asked him, why? Why are you doing this to me? Mm. Going back, this is what had happened. My story is so long, to be honest with no, you. No, it's fine. Good. <laughs> We're good. It's cool. It's so long. <clears throat> so what had happened is um, it was during the April um, holidays, and he had lost his um, uncle, his mother's brother. Yeah. They were very close. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when the uncle dies... Um, there's no one else who's got money in the family except me. I had a small little, you know, stash somewhere. Mm -hmm. But then I get a phone call from the cousin who says, we need to bury uncle so-and-so. So please, I know you've got a secret little you know, stash How did, somewhere. <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> and then and th what you're thinking is exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. How did you know? It's so true, but how did you know? And, mm. and I'm thinking the person whom I think told you could have phoned me. And this was my husband, yeah. you know. So um, she says, yeah, just lend us some money. And I'm like, okay, how much do you need? And then she tells me they need about $400. Actually, she said $100. And then later on, my husband phones me. This was out in Chitungiza where my uncle died, mm -hmm. my husband's uncle. And so when he phones, he's asking for $400. And then I said, wait a minute. Um, Auntie so-and-so phoned. She asked for $100. Mm -hmm. And she said it would be enough. You're asking for four hundred dollars, a hundred and four hundred dollars. Big difference. There's mm -hmm. a huge difference. Yeah. What's going on? So he then says to me, "Are you giving me the money or not?" And then I'm like, ah, "But you're putting me under pressure. I just need to understand what's the exact figure." And to be honest, that's what I needed to know. So he says, "Just put the money on Echo Cash." Um, and I'm like, "Okay, I think I need to come there and you know." Pay my condolences or whatever to the few relatives who are mm. in Harare. Yeah. Then he says, no, no, you stay there. And then there's a little Muzukuru who is supposed to go there, um, you know, to pay their last respects uh -huh. also. Um, but he says, when I phone him, he says, I'm going for a bachelor's party. Uh -huh. So, what? after the bachelor's, I'm going for the funeral. Oh, okay. But, to be honest, he calls me Mbuya. I may not make it um, because this is a close friend who's about to wed. Okay, yeah. But, yeah. I promise you, whatever time I leave the party, I will come and pick you up. Okay. Oh, okay. So, there I was with my sister-in-law. We are waiting. My husband's little sister. We're waiting for DM Zuguru to come. He doesn't pitch. Then there's this money um, issue. Yeah. Mm. So if you put the two together, it doesn't come out right. Yeah. You know. So, but anyway, going back to my story, later on, I asked my husband, what is it that was going on? And guess what he says? You didn't bury my uncle. You didn't come to pay the last respects. And what if you say, I'm very angry with you oh. because you love your relatives. And I'm like, which relatives? Because there were no relatives in my house that I was taken mm -hmm. care of. My mom is late. My dad is late. It's just me and the kids and yeah. his sister who is whom I'm staying with. Yeah. So he, he, you know, I, I tell you, would sleep on the same bed. He would face that direction. I would face that direction. Oh. And then I started feeling this is a spiritual attack. Something mm -hmm. really is going on. Mm -hmm. And so I would cry. <coughs> and then um, I have these flus whereby, you know, if, I, if the flu is so vicious, I get a nosebleed. Mm -hmm. I would bleed. He wouldn't even look at me. He wouldn't even care. Yeah. And then there was a time when my sister was around and he says, surely you've got to take her to the hospital. 
because I couldn't drive. It was so bad. Yeah. She's expecting. She's bleeding. Nose bleeding. Do you think it makes sense? Can you not just take her and he refused? So my sister went next door and then there was a fight. Why are you going next door to ask for help? And what have you? So it was like, really, I felt at that time, you know, what? I let go. He just mm -hmm. wants me to die. You know, so I let go. Mm. Um, but then what kept me going were my other kids. Yes. You yeah. know, like I've got to be there for them. Yeah. My mom's not there. My dad is not there. His mom is also late. If I let go, if I die, who's going to look after my children? Because mm -hmm. clearly these people don't care. That was the feeling I was getting. Yeah. yeah. So um, this was, I think, in the third trimester now. And I'm still having these issues. So I go to the doctor and she says, you know what? You just have to stay at home. So I remember that time there were exams that were being written mm. and um, what I did is I went to the emergency rooms. I just asked him, please, can you just at least take me to the doctors, take me to the emergency rooms. That's all I ask. And so he's grumpy and is like, oh, yeah, I'll just take you, you know, mm. so you took me there. Yeah. And the, the doctor examined me and he says, you know what, this is quite bad. You really need to go to the hospital. Um, let's call for an ambulance. So he says, no, actually, I drive. So he says, okay, it's fine. If you're driving, it's okay. But you must take her to, to, to the doctors, to mm. a specialist, like right away. Because what I'm picking is not really good. Mm. So um, I go to the hospital. I went to, I'm not going to mention the name. Yeah, no, no. But, but it's, for yeah. me, it was a very good hospital. It's yeah. small. It's private. You can, it's mm. really nice. So I booked in. And then this was on a Saturday. And I went with my marking. And I was working. Oh, you went with your marking. I had to go with my marking, you know. Oh, um, and so there was a little bit left. And I say to my husband, if anything happens to me, please can you give these papers and these things to the people at my workplace so yeah. that they can carry on if anything happens. And he says, why are you talking like that? I said, I don't know. Just give it to them. So I made sure everything was in place. I gave him instructions. This time he was cooperating. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it's because I'm going away into a hospital <laughs> or something. Wow. And this was on a Saturday. Um, on a Sunday, well, the doctor didn't come because she's a specialist. Monday morning, that's when the nursing sister came. And so she, she talks to me and she says, ah, okay, um, the doctor is going to attend to you, blah, blah, blah. And then she's gathering information. She pulls out my file, blah, blah, blah. Um, then eventually the doctor came in um, on a Monday. Yeah, it was on a Monday evening not evening, afternoon, thereabouts. So she says, okay, we're going to take you to another hospital, to Avenue, so that you can get um, your blood samples done and whatever you want to know, your blood group and all those other kind of things. And um, we want to give you a jab because if we have to take out the baby, the thing is we have to take out the baby now because it's not safe for him anymore. Mm -hmm. um, yeah we need to give you a jab so that his lungs are, they'll be able to, he'll be able to breathe nicely because he's not yet ready okay. you know, kind of thing. He was in the 36th month mm -hmm. thereabouts. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. So we went by ambulance just down the road. And as we were driving back, I was really like touched by this family that I saw. Um, there was an elderly lady who looked about my mother's age and she was sobbing. And there were all these other people gathered around her and they were crying. And I looked at them and I said, ah, you know, I, just, I was just wondering, what are they crying about? And then I'm like, wait a minute, this is a maternity hospital. And the lady who is crying surely is not the age to have a baby. Mm. 
but I think her child just died giving birth, you know. And mm-hmm. then it really frightened me. I was like, ooh. I was really frightened. So yeah. I went back into hospital, but denied all this fear. Yeah. So I was scheduled to go. This was, um, did I say Monday? I was scheduled to go into theater on the Tuesday <coughs> um, in the evening. So it was on a Tuesday when I saw this lady, um, the people who were, who were soaping and what have you. So I, when I looked in the car park, I saw a car that I didn't, I identified as my doctor's car. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I put things together. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know. And I put, oh, you know, Dr. So-and-so has just killed someone here. You would, how your okay. mind jump? I don't uh, know. And I'm like, oh, interesting is assumption. Yeah. Is she a good doctor? You know, then I started thinking and I, I was so afraid of her. From that time, I just thought, you know, I think she's just killed somebody here. And I was afraid. So, but anyway, I went back into the ward and um, she's a very powerful doctor. And everyone, you know, when they hear Dr. So-and-so's name, they jump all the, mm. the nursing stuff and, mm-hmm. and things. So the lady who was preparing me for theater, the, the nursing sister says, okay, right. So-and-so, Cheney, it's time for you to go to theater. Are you ready? And then I was panicking. You know, I was like, mm, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So I'd taken a whole stash of books, magazines and stuff. I pulled out one and then I went to this page where they were talking about expecting women. As an expecting woman would do, I would read about expecting, you know, yeah. women yeah. and their stories. So I read about this lady who had had this condition. Um, now the name is just... It's just left me. She had this condition where she had a, a Caesar with the first baby. Mm-hmm. Second baby, she also had a Caesar. And she nearly lost her life. So eventually she got um, a blood transfusion and that's how she survived. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about all these unsung heroes. And, you know, just like, wow, to all those people who donate blood. Yeah. Were it okay. not for okay. them, I would not have been saved. Yeah. So what I read in that article and what was going on, in my life at that time, they tallied. Mm. And then I thought, could it be, this is the condition that I have. But if it is the condition, then why isn't my doctor saying yeah, anything? Mm-hmm. Mm. She would have told me, you know, this is what I have. Yeah. And when I read, it said it can be fatal. And it happens to one out of every 200 women. That's a lot. One out of 200. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And I, I looked at the chances and I'm like, oh, okay, there's a 0.5. I was doing all these calculations, 0.5% <laughs> chance that if this is the condition, then this is my chance of living or not living mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So anyway, let's set that aside. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gideon's Bibles in the, in the, in the hospitals and the wards. I had my own Bible, but something just, you know, took me to the Gideon's Bible. Mm-hmm. So I got a hold of it. And the nurse says, you know what, we have to get you ready for theater. I'm like, just wait, I need to read my Bible. So I went to the Bible. I don't know what the word for it is. Where you, the Bible is closed, you open it up mm-hmm. and you just take into a verse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the first verse that I read was, um, this is Jesus talking. I'm going to heaven to prepare a home for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's not me. Someone who thinks they're about to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah this is... And then I said, you know, this is not for me. Let's try it again. I opened the Bible the second time around. I'm looking at it. Same verse. I'm going to heaven to prepare a home for you. I said, no. Okay. Let me not, you know, look for a verse for myself. 
how about my unborn child? Mm. So I close the Bible and I'm, I'm taken to, um, I think it's Psalm 87. The funny thing is every time I get a hold of a different Bible, I cannot find the verse. But when I have the Gideons, which you find in the hospital, I find the verse. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when I read that verse, it was beautiful. Um, the context of it was, I acknowledge the birth of your first child. He shall be blessed. I acknowledge the birth of your second. It's a son. He shall be blessed. And your third son. I acknowledge his birth and he shall be blessed. And I said, very well. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. It means my son is going to make it. Yay. Mm-hmm. I was happy. Yeah. I rejoiced. And then I went back to my Bible and said, write a verse for me. I opened the Bible and I'm taken to the same verse. <laughs> so this sister... The nursing sister comes and she says, you know what, time is out. Yeah. And I'm like, sister, so and so, please can you give me a verse that has to do with life? I want mm. something to, you know, uplift me. She says, I know a lot of verses that have to do with life, but you know what, it's time for you to go, Jenny. It's time to go. Yeah. And then, you know, I was just reeled away and I'm like, ah, there I'm going to the theater. I haven't found anything, you know. I was really like, you know, my heart sank, yeah. but it was time to go. And then I went into the theater. And then my anesthetist um, came to me and, you know, I was introduced to them. This is so-and-so, ABC. And so they keep looking at their watches and they're like, oh, your doctor hasn't arrived yet. And so the theater staff are like, yippee, and off they go and I'm ah, left alone. To go have tea or something. <laughs> and, I'm like, and then at that time, that's when I started experiencing um, things that were very supernatural. I don't know if I was imagining or this is exactly what was happening because then i said lord you have to come through for me you're all i have Mm. if my husband really loved me he would have been here by my side but he's not here if my mom was alive she would have been here by my side but she's not here Mm. and um, you saw it fit for them to be with you in heaven and for me to be here alone but the good thing is I'm not alone. I believe you are here. Mm-hmm. Please, can you come through for me? I know I'm not worthy, but can I ask for just one angel, just one angel yeah. to watch over me? <coughs> and so as I was looking up, um, it was as if angels started rising from the ground and they're going, they were going up as high as the ceiling mm-hmm. and they would spread their wings. Mm-hmm. And the second angel um, stood up spread their wings and they were covering so they covered the left wall Mm -hmm. the right wall and before they'd finished covering the rest of the walls my doctor came in but then for me it was like they should have just covered the whole theater room (laughs) you know kind of thing Mm -hmm. but at least i knew i was not alone so the anesthetist comes to me and she says, okay, right, Jenny, we have to put you to sleep now. You know, so I'm looking for my doctor and I cannot find her. But then in my heart, remember there was this issue of the car and, and the crying. I was like, mm, I'm afraid of this doctor. <laughs> yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think she'll do a good job. I'm afraid. I think she killed someone. But then there was also this issue about the angels. You know, I'm like, ah. The angels are here. My sons were laughing at me when I was playing uh, Rick Asselay's I've Got Angels on My Side. Mm-hmm. He's actually released a new album. And as I'm listening to the lyrics, I'm like, something must have happened in his life. Yeah. So, but at that time, I felt angels are on my side. So I'm okay. So they knocked me out. And um, the next thing, I'm being wheeled out of the theater room. 
and I'm hearing voices, you know, the nursing staff, the theater staff, and they're like, oh, okay, ah, the baby is fine, ah, she's, he's made it, you know, so, and they're talking, and there's one person who says, wait a minute, something is not right, let's go back to theater, and 360 degree turn or whatever, and they, you know, reeling me back, and I'm like, where are you taking me to, I want to see my baby, but I was a bit drowsy, I don't think they even heard me, but this was me thinking, and then I'm back in theater, mm. I'm like, going on you know and then they I would they knock me out I went back to sleep and then I don't know whatever they were doing you know and then the next thing I'm waking up and I remember vaguely because the nursing sister the theater nurse came to my door with this other lady and she was like this woman is amazing I just wanted you to see her. and she's like Jenny you know, I want you to meet my friend. Something happened when you were in theater. I'm like, can someone tell me? Mm. So, but anyway, um, I went back into theater and then they knocked <coughs> me out. To be honest with you, the order of events, I don't really yeah, it can know. be a bit <laughs> because, easy, yeah. Yeah, when I asked my husband and my sister about it, because they were there, they all want to cry. They don't want to talk about it. So some of the information I have, I have to piece together yeah. together kind of thing so um the next thing i'm waking up and i'm on the operating table and i'm seeing a lot of people who are looking down at me and this is me thinking these must be witches what are they doing to me <laughs> so there was all this theater equipment like you know the how they monitor your yeah. whatever i pushed the equipment away like, jesus help me and i pushed the things you know and i could hear things falling mm -hmm. so i think they thought i i was mad and then they all coming to me and they're holding me down and behave abc what was and i like i was like no 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 jesus you have to come through for me jesus help me and i started screaming and i started praying and then they knocked me out again when i'd been knocked out i don't know how many times i think it was about the third time or so then i i sort of came out of my body and i was looking down at myself and I could see them fussing over my body, cutting me up, um, inserting funny little things like by the um, the elbow area. Yeah. They were cutting me up. They were inserting little glass rods and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I, so I was looking, I was like, what are they doing to my body? This is not what we agreed. We mm -hmm. didn't, you know, talk about them putting glass rods in my body. What are they doing to my body? Mm -hmm. And I was, they were doing a lot of work on me. And I was just viewing from above. Engaging an exciting conversation on life, God, and pop culture every week on the Radiant Culture Podcast. All right, so that's given us a lot to think about. So there's going to be a part two. If you do want to send us any more questions or anything relating to the topic, please send your comments or questions or whatever they are to our email which is radiant at the hub.co.zw and our facebook page which is radiant culture and on twitter we're also radiant culture and on instagram although yeah there's nothing there but on instagram <laughs> we're also radiant culture it's hot it's fresh it's uncut hashtag real talk on the radiant culture podcast